You're now listening to Vices and Vultures, a podcast on cultures. What's going on, everybody? This is A2, and this is the finale to a three-part interview with our childhood friend, Jonathan. By this point, we've discussed everything from religion, health, sex, music. We talked about a lot. But what you'll now hear in this finale is how all of this ties into his current path as a musician. What is the sound that you're currently focused on right now? Because as you said, you did covers and things of this nature. Yeah. That's what happens, you know, at every, you know, the rite of passage is just right. experimentation, <laughs> of course, like in covers and yeah. things like that. Like, I, I totally understand that. I've been there. Um, but what is the sound? Um, what is the sound like? Um, what or rather, what are the influences? We kind of touched on that, like, you know, at the very beginning of this interview. But what? Um, what can you say like kind of goes into that so when people hear it they'll be like oh okay I hear this okay I don't hear this that type of thing I would say being Haitian first of all when you listen to compa that bridge section Mm -hmm. where they have the synths Mm -hmm. you're always going to hear that speak on it brother (laughs) almost all of my songs just that one part you know what I'm saying and that doesn't mean it's going to be sound like compa but I'm saying I'm going to always have a synth somewhere that's just that's just like my thing even if it's like a little late like today you know I'm always going to have a synth um, but I'm very like um, I would say I'm a like I'm like a in terms of the content that I write about I would be like a Molly Music and a John Billion mm-hmm. okay. okay okay so that means I could be spiritual but I'm also just like plain day to day type stuff you know also right in terms of the the type of music that I put out it'd be like a John Billion Molly Music old old Todd Tribbett mixed with a little bit of um, Labyrinth you know like mm-hmm. Uh, cause Labyrinth is real good. I don't know if y'all know about Labyrinth, but he's yeah, he's I've a heard beast, a bit, yeah. and he produces his own stuff too. He's good, um, stuff like that. Yeah, so that's where I would say I'm, I'm at. You know, so like if like there's a song I'm working on right now called Alive, and it's just talking about how like you know you go through a, a phase of life with this, with this girl, and it's really different girls at each different point in time, but depending on how it applies to you. But for me, it applies to like a girl I go through life with, and. She, our love is still alive no matter what is going on in our life. You know what I'm saying? We come down to the center of it. So that's basically what the song is about. But it's very synth heavy. It's like 70s, 80s type stuff. Um, you know, yeah. You feel good. I've, I've, yeah. I noticed that you sing with your wife as well. Yeah. So, so, some, yeah, so is it something that you guys are actually doing together or separately? Um, Dana, Dana doesn't sing like like for real, for real, like she hasn't okay. like she as just in, messing around. She's but she's freaking beast, yo. It's it's not even fair, you know what I mean? It would be like the equivalent of you, right? Playing piano just for fun, <laughs> like damn, yo, because like, you know, because like she's she's she was trained to sing, right, right. So she's a monster, you know what I'm saying? But like she doesn't like, and she does acknowledge the importance of her voice singing, but she doesn't see herself doing it for a career. Does that make sense? Right. Like she sees herself maybe sometimes dropping on a song with me, yeah during my career but right. she don't see herself like doing her own artistry type thing right. so I'm like damn that's crazy bro like yeah. if I was that talented bro oh, yeah, yeah, boy yeah. oh boy listen I mean you, you are the catalyst for right. that for sure so right. I respect that a lot that's amazing yeah. how has the culture influenced your music I know you talk about compound a little bit mm-hmm. but you've never been to Haiti no I've never been man so how how exactly did you get that you know that part out of it because I know a lot of Haitians that live here, but they don't really listen to Kampai. Really? Are for, they offended? No, no, but they, they, <laughs> they grew up here. Okay. They kind of, you know. They don't listen they, to No, no, but a lot of kids, they, they were born here and they don't know anything about that side of the culture. Wow. Like, 
Damn, that's crazy. You've been nah, listening to hip hop. That's yeah, wild, yeah. man. That's that's kind of sad. Now. How is that surprising, bro? Wow. <laughs> you didn't know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I feel like I felt I just thought that everybody hates you. It's the equivalent of like sometimes, you know, my mom's side is Filipino. Sometimes I'll meet some Filipinos and they're just like hella whitewashed. Right. Gotcha. And it's like no disrespect to them, but sometimes they're just not like you know, they just haven't been, um, you know, introduced implemented. Yeah, they haven't right, been introduced exactly. to their culture like that. Yeah. Especially for our parents. But that's like, crazy. I didn't grow up listening to my two compa in my house. That's really? the choice that I'm. Yeah, I mean, I, don't I listen like, to. I ain't listen to secular compa. But like my mom, like oh. my mom and my dad are two different people. My dad loves the hymns. It's stuff. crazy because my, my first compa CD, my first comp, religious compa CD, your dad gave it to me. You see, and it probably <laughs> came, and it probably came from my mom. No, seriously, my mom, my dad doesn't like compa stuff like that. He he's more of the classical hymns type right. stuff. My mom, she she misses that hard body. Like every song she she plays, it's Christian of course, but it's compa. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so that's where I get that from. And then from there, you know, my cousins and everything. You know, because being at Venice, you're, you're strict, strict for, at right. least for me. But my cousins were not. So going to their house or going to their church yep. or whatever, you might listen to this, that, and forth. My sister also was five years older than me, so she was exposed to things that were different than me. So she would show us things too. So that's how I learned about Kaimi and all these different types of things when I was a kid. And then it involves like other artists. So that's that in terms of my exposure to um, the Haitian ethnic side of me. But like in terms of just like the culture as, as itself, like a holistically speaking, you know, I've always loved like hip hop. I used to write raps all the time when I was young. Um, and I listen to, like poetry and stuff like that too. Um, uh, what else? There's hip hop. I I'm I'm a sucker for like some acoustics, some indie acoustics. Like I'm a sucker for that shit. Right. And actually, that's one of my things I'm dealing with as as a, as a man, like as a black man. Like there's not a space for us to just be free. And that's black women too. Like you know mm. what I'm saying? Like so, like as an artist, it's, why is that? It's the society's fault, but it's my job to still not give a fuck. It doesn't make sense. Like, I have to really try my hardest to not... Like, right, even right now, I'm supposed to be performing at my French um, art exhibit show this this coming Sunday. And I have to say to myself, okay, what song can I play? What song can I sing there? Because okay. I can do an indie, right. but it's going to be a... I'm not saying black people don't like indie music. I'm just saying that environment is going to be is more like, like what we think of like a stereotypical hip-hop setting. So I, I'm not going to go up there with an indie song playing the guitar and singing. No, I'm probably going to go up there and do R&B type of song, which is what I chose. But like, my wife was like, yo, why didn't you? You know, she's like, she like put me on place. Like, why didn't you? So it's like, I had to do with that fact of like, um, cause that's why you said when you asked me about like, what's your sound? I was like taken aback because in my mind, I really don't have, I, I fuck with it all, bro. Like I really do like, of course. even to the point where like, when I do finally put my first album, It'll sound like a traditional album where, like, usually everybody's first album is a little bit of everything. And they always say it's because they're trying to find their sound. Right. I already know what the fuck my sound is. It's everything. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, and that's why it's going to sound like that. And probably every single album is going to sound like that. It's going to sound like a little bit of everything. <laughs> I want it to sound like a story of my life. And that's a little bit a little bit of classical, a little bit of storytelling with brass, a little bit of songwriting with R&B, a little bit of songwriting with, like, some synthesizer. Like, I want to be on some Owl City shit. Why can't I be? Our city is straight synthesizer and pop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Why can't I do that though? You know what I'm saying? As a black man, what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? Or like, why can't I do some super league gospel stuff too? Because that's my part of who right. I am too. So yeah. music is the career that you personally right now. Yeah, You're going like fully into fully it. into it as a as a producer, as a songwriter, as a film composer. So where do you see yourself in the next, you know, five to ten five to ten years? I think five ten years I'll still be working on. In my mind, I know that my film scoring could take me farther immediately than my my artistry. Are you using that um, particular industry as leverage for wherever you will want to go because it's film? 
Is that why you like specifically like so? You think about film industry, you thinking about the greats like Hans Zimmer, mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. Um, what's it called? Uh, that's my guy. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> all, all those like Hans Zimmer, like he was, the, he was why I first fell in love with. Yeah, him. of course, me too, yeah. me too. Like I have a whole series on that and stuff like Egypt? music and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, my question uh, to rephrase it um, is: getting into the film industry and studying film is that kind of because when you when i asked you about like your influences prior to now you never mm-hmm. mentioned Hans zimmer mm-hmm. right and i'm not saying that you didn't think of that i'm mm-hmm. just saying like that's that's not, that wasn't mentioned up until now mm-hmm. so are is that kind of just part of your way of just pulling from all ends to kind of just see like what works and like what doesn't as you oh know? no i really i think wholeheartedly like and the, I guess the reason why I didn't mention Hans Zimmer was because I mentioned Bach. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, mm, okay, okay. to me, like that's the still classical like theory okay, type aspect of it. Got yeah. You. So like, cause I didn't know who Hans Zimmer was until I like started looking into Prince of Egypt sounds, you know, soundtrack. Like you know, what I'm, I'm just saying. But like, that, to me, that's like my favorite soundtrack of all time. That's like my favorite soundtrack of all time. All time, bro. All time, bro. <laughs> and I've heard a lot. <laughs> you know, I literally just look up soundtrack. I, like, I listen. To I listen to Maleficent soundtrack. And I was like, ah, you pretty close, but still no. Like, I was like, no. My favorite soundtrack is Gladiator. Oh, really? Hansimer did that too. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. (laughs) That's my guy. Um, But so so to answer your question, though, um, I am doing uh, film scoring because I have a passion for film scoring. I just don't, I didn't choose to do, uh, so in my mind when I was choosing majors, I just said to myself, what do I care about the most right now? Because I still live in the now. And in the now right now, I care about production, like learning how to produce a track. But then I also care about like film scoring because I really want to do like musicals and like like the greatest showman type stuff, stuff like that too, okay. with the songwriting and everything. So that's where it led me to film scoring. Cause then through that degree I'll learn how to produce a track. I'll learn theory that I never learned. I'll learn how to be a better musician as a pianist. You, you okay. see what I'm saying? But then there I can still is. take elective classes as like a songwriter, like right. literally penmanship, right? And all that goes into your solo stuff. And all that stuff goes into my solo stuff. Got so it. that's why I chose that. Because I didn't want to do just production, because production, when I looked at the degree, they didn't really have as much for film scoring. And I still need to learn that. And when you right. say you're a producer, like on the very basic level, mm-hmm. especially in 2019, right. you could just be like, there's producers that I see on Instagram that just like do stuff in their bedroom in right. Brooklyn. Right. And like, I'm not saying that, I'm not knocking that right. because you know I'm very much like that right. as well right. but you having that formal structure in education right. um, which I know firsthand benefits you right. all the way yeah. it's just going to help you so much with that and so I really want to use that chance to the platform a lot because there's only so much I could do no matter how great of a musician I become on the keys or on the guitar or on the drums there's always going to be somebody better than me so when it comes to production especially be, especially when it comes to film scoring too now they have programs now, you know what I'm saying, where you can like create a whole orchestra on yep. a program. Yep. So that's different. But what I'm saying is like when it comes to let's say production for like a regular song for an artist, let's say I'm the producer in the room. If I'm not that good at the keys, why why would I just try to like downplay my shit? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go find somebody who's really good at it, who can play the lick that I need them to play, who will play the guitar that I need them to play, who do the bass note that I need them, and and then make it a production. Like when right. I think of production, I think the whole arrangement, the whole arrangement of things. Gotcha. You know, not just like because there not are just, certain not just pushing buttons, not just pushing buttons. Because you can make a beat too. Yeah, of course. And I could do that, but there's I even there's between being a beat maker and, and a producer. Beat. It really is a difference. Like 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 when I listen to music nowadays, I listen to it so differently. Where it's just like. What is the, what is everything that's going on right now, and what did it take to get there? You know how how mm-hmm. like that's why I say every producer needs to be a little bit of an engineer. Every producer needs to little be, be a little bit of a songwriter, you know, because then that makes you a better better for the clientele, obviously. But then B that just makes you a better overall like producer at your craft. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose to do like 
the the film scoring for that reason. Because like like five to ten years, I I envision myself five to ten years having done already, like you know, even if it's low budget, I don't care. It's still it's still production. I, I would like to do like some films. I would like to do some even some short films. I would like to do some games. I would like to do some. I love musicals, so I really would love to do some musicals. Um, and then by the time I'm like in my latter parts of life, I really want to go back and open up like a facility. You know what I'm saying? That's like that where I could teach. Not me, but that's like the education part of me where I can like teach kids different and not me specifically, but like be running an organization that helps kids learn about right. different music and different music and give back. And then like the, that's why I say it's the latter part of my life because I would I would I would assume that I would need had to have been somewhere in my life right, before for somebody sure. could entrust me with it. Child. Sure. I like that a lot. Um I think it's just I think it's admirable because, you know, with you telling your background it's just interesting first and foremost because for as long as i've known you like there's so many stories that i didn't know and i'm like piecing it together mm-hmm. and um i think you said like the determination that kind of went into that uh bh was talking about the determination that went into that i just think it's so important because a lot of people at that point would have just been like all right whatever i'm just not doing this it's not yeah. for me whatever but like you went at it and like you're going to you going to la bro right i gotta i gotta really say though she's not LA. here but it was my wife yo for real for real the insecurities that I have over myself with music and all this type of stuff, she, she and like she's the instrument behind me doing what I'm doing right now, like me going to LA and stuff like that. Like she believed in me from when I was back in U Heart making songs. Like in U Heart, I would make songs that were Christian. I would make songs that you were just that. like film scoring. Yeah, like black women are it, bro. I'm telling you, like they they just different, man. Like talk about it. Oh my god, they just different, bro. And that's why I don't I don't, I don't know how people be shitting on them, but nonetheless, though they know they gods and goddesses. You know what I'm saying so. But she really motivated me and inspired me to go ahead my business and do what I got to do for myself because she noticed that I was constantly focusing on making sure that she was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure that she's doing what she got to do and helping her out. And she was like, yo, John, what are you doing for yourself, though? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you going to teach forever? I was like, nah, I don't want to. She said, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She really pushed me. And even, even to the point where I was like, if I was saying things like, man, I don't know if this is going to be good because I had to submit pieces to get into the school. Right. You know, like pieces that were like five minutes long each. And they had to like, obviously, it wasn't like a production song as like a songwriting, but more like literally film scoring. So I had to come up with like three different concepts just in the moment to make three different pieces of five minute worth songs. And it's just like, and when she heard it, she was like, man, this is beast. And at one point, I was like down. I was like, oh, I mean, maybe it's not, though, because she's my wife. So she's going to tell me that. <laughs> but then I sent it to my friend, Zach Hyde. Check him out. He's a film scorer. He's on. He's up and coming, bro. I'm telling you, he's, he's a beast, bro. It's like white dude. Again, help my narrative. Some white guy with glasses I met in New Heart. And he always believed in me, too. And he was like super excited that I was going to school for it. Like I was trying to go apply. And so he heard it. He gave me the real truth. He's like, yo, this is stuff that like people that go to school for like training wise, not for like college, but like training wise, don't even be doing like. So he's like, you, you know, you might not have been trained, he said, but you have an ear that picked up a lot of like mm-hmm. elements. Like he's like just deciphering all the fo- the four pe- the three pieces. One of them was like straight piano. It was almost like a ballad type of thing, but like film story ish. Um, the other one was like a like a battle cry type of thing. And then the other one was like a story of life. So it kind of gave you all things, you know what I'm saying? And he was breaking down and he inspired me too to go ahead and pursue that. So I really got to give credit to my wife because she definitely, if it wasn't for her, I probably would still be like teaching, you know what I'm saying? Just like, and I taught physics, I taught biology. I was going to teach too, man. Then yeah. I realized I don't think I'm going to be able to deal with those kids. <laughs> oh my God. The kids is probably the best part of the job. The, the, what I don't like about teaching for me, you got to be built for that. 
You know, mm-hmm. like I I brought work home every day, man. I feel you every day, and you. I was and like I was thinking about that the other day. Um, teachers don't get paid a lot. No, man. No. To to know the amount of work that they doing. I have to be an expert. I'm not an expert. I'm not going to say that because an expert to me is like someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson. But I have to be as close to an expert as possible for a child to learn from me. And not just learn. I don't have to just be an expert at physics or biology or or, or whatever. I taught, I taught all different types of sciences. It's not just about that. But I have to also know literally how to teach a kid. Like I've had teachers in my K-12 and professors who were great at what they did, but they couldn't teach a lick. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to literally also know how to teach yeah. kids. Like, there's got to be a connection. What what my work for you is going to be different for him. Right. It's going to be different for me, and I have to be able to do, hit all three types of kids in, in one, you know, in one shot. Did you teach when you got back to New York, or you just? Yeah, I told when I got back to New York. Oh, okay. That's why it's just not coming out about the like. I didn't have an Instagram when I first came. I just got an Instagram like five months ago or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like five months ago. They made it for me, and then I just started using it like three months ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was teaching when I came back to when I was in Oklahoma. I was teaching. Came back to New York. I was teaching as well because I came back to marry Dana. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't wait that long, so I had to get married. And then I and then I just stopped now. Heard. Well, yo, thank you so much for taking the time. You about to you about to get up out of New York. Boy. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know LA. Yo, for real, man. <laughs> you gotta work on that LA tang. You know what right, I'm right, about? right, right. It's gonna be different. Well, man. congrats to you, bro. Because that's yo. Just, this um everything that you just talked about um is uh. It's just, uh, it's fantastic, bro. It's fantastic. I'm like, I have so much more respect for you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Vices and Vultures and considering being a supporter of this project. Even leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform goes a long way for us. There is more information about this episode as well as who we are in the show notes. This includes all of our social media links so you can see us and not just hear us. Vices and Vultures is brought to you by Aesthetic and is based in the great state of New York. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more episodes and tune in next time to Vices and Vultures.